Hi guys, it's Emmett. Clear day, a little crisp, a little windy, but uh, it looks to be sunny. The birds are singing their spring songs. And uh, yesterday was really, I, I started this new thing that I'm doing that I talked about at the end of yesterday's episode, where I'm going to be posting uh, a post that's all, that's basically just for people to have discussions about the thoughts I raise in each episode each day on my Instagram account. And I'll link this episode to a story in my Instagram, and then there will be a post that you can find so that we can have a discussion more readily. One of the things that frustrates me about podcasts in general is that um, it's hard to get feedback on them. It's hard to have a discussion around the ideas because there's, it's, uh, it's just harder to uh, put in comments. And even when you do put in comments, it's harder for me to reply to comments. So by linking it all back to my Instagram, the hope is that you guys will find it easier to um, share your own thoughts. So I welcome that. And yesterday, it seemed like it was great. We had a handful of comments, which is far more than I've ever gotten on a, an episode up to this point. So it's good. It feels like it's opening it up to more discussion. <clears throat> one of the points of feedback that I got yesterday was that <laughs> yesterday's episode was a hard one to start on because talking about paid lead generation is, is just a dense topic that is not really applicable to a lot of people. It's where I happen to be in the moment, but it, you know, uh, that probably there are things that are more applicable to you guys as an audience and what you're thinking about and going through. So I wanted to tackle one of those things today, which is what do you do if you are trying to create your side hustle now, if you don't have a business now and you're trying to create it or you have a business that's just started, come on dogs, let's go. And now is the moment when you're like, oh shoot, you know, the thing that was working is no longer working. Thank you, coronavirus. And, and I need to sort of pivot, figure out what to do next. So here are my thoughts on that. First of all, start with where you're at, where your existing audience is, and ask yourself, what is it that they need that I'm not helping them with? <clears throat> and often, just by switching your thought process from what is it that I want to make to what is it that my audience, my community needs, that's enough to give you a sense of, well, maybe I should be doing this thing. And sometimes the thing that they need is the end product, but you need to think about it in a different way. For instance, maybe what your end product, maybe what your audience needs, or one of the things they need, right? Obviously, you're not going to meet all of their needs. Maybe one of the things that they need is like a really, like a beautiful set of earrings that they could send to their mom because they miss their mom and they want to tell their mom that they love them. And this is something that you can do. Maybe, and I saw uh, Amy Leak offer this, maybe you could offer to gift wrap it and send it directly so that uh, it just minimizes the number of people that it touches. Maybe you could offer to quarantine it. Maybe you could display how you are handling things with gloves on or 
sticking them in a freezer to kill coronavirus, and then handling them with gloves on. Maybe you can do things that will help your audience feel like that you're a safe choice to use to send a gift to somebody. In which case, it might be that your end product is the service. But maybe the thing that people need is, for instance, I I always have people who want the bark sheaths that I offer. People are buying more knives that come with these crappy plastic sheaths that are actually kind of dangerous to take the knives in out of. And they want a bark sheath. So it's not a ton of money for me, but every bark sheath I make I can sell because it's serving a need that people have. Now, part of why my sheaths sell is that I have also recognized that one of the flaws with bark sheaths is that they're easy to lose in the wood chips. And so I've started painting my sheaths years ago, and that has become an additional need that I'm meeting for people, which is to not lose their sheaths in the wood chips. In general, when you're in this kind of scrappy, sort of fight-for-your-life kind of moment, it's the time to throw everything at the wall and figure out how to taste all these different things without putting the pressure on yourself to get it perfect right away. And a lot of times, it's a hard mindset shift to switch yourself from thinking, I am a whatever, I make this thing, to thinking, you know, I, I, am, I, am, I am not just that label, I do all of these other things as well. Uh, and like when I started offering tools that I had designed for myself and asked for prototypes from people for, for myself... I had to I had a hard time because I didn't think of myself as a toolmaker and I didn't think of myself as like a shop owner who just sold things that other people made. That didn't sit right. But I had to come around to the fact that it was helping people and it was helping the craftspeople that I was uh, giving business to by creating a demand for these tools. So it took a shift in my own brain to create these separate streams of income. It's not as simple as just saying, I now also make this additional end product. But once you do it a couple of times, it becomes easier and easier to gain that fluidity in your own identity of what you do and what you can offer. So in general at this moment, I think when money is tight, people are less likely to want things and they're more likely to want help doing the things that they want to do. So if you can figure out a way to make yourself the person supplying the gold miners with tools and supplies instead of being a gold miner, you stand a much better chance of having a real business that will support you. Now, remember... I think the the most important thing is to to be able to test things without it being particularly expensive to do so. To try out not just how to physically do something, but whether people are interested in it. So whenever I have taken on some new thing, it's always started small 
started cheap because I wanted to generate as much interest as possible. And then as the demand increased, I increased my prices. And as I sort of figured out my act, I both increased my prices, but also it led to an increase in sort of professionalism around it. I have not held myself to a standard of I have to sort of get it exactly right to begin with. Because there's a big gap between how you do something professionally once you have a system figured out and what it looks like when you're just starting out with, with any venture, even within a venture. Even now, when I am figuring out the next thing that I'm doing, it looks, it looks small. It looks like me trying a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and I will slowly figure the systems out because the system you figure out at first, like for instance, the system I had figured out at first for shipping tools, the porcelain burnishers and the broom corn polishers, they're not the systems I had figured out now. It was, it was more cumbersome. And at this point, I figured out sort of what I can do to make it as fluid as possible and as efficient as possible, even down to the little details. But the, my point is you don't need to know those little details at the beginning. You just need to see if somebody wants it. Now, the easiest way to tell if somebody wants it is somebody will ask. And I'm amazed at the number of people that I see who have been asked if someone will make them something or do something for them who say, eh, it's not in my wheelhouse. I recognize this tendency because that used to be me. I can't tell you the number of coffee scoops and ladles and other forms that I used to turn down years ago because I had this notion that it wasn't me, that it wasn't what I was interested in doing. Well, if you've just had your income pulled out from under you, this is not the time to be standing on that high horse. And what I found, even putting the high horse aside, is that all of my growth and development, both as a craftsperson and as a business, has come from saying yes to customer requests. So if somebody has asked you for something, whether it's mailing something that you usually don't mail or an item that you've never made before, just say yes. Give them a, you know, a, a, a reasonable price because you don't know what you're doing yet. And then, most importantly, make a post about it. Make the post just saying, hey, I just did this thing, I offered that now, and apparently now I offer this thing. And that's where the next sale comes from. If you just say yes and don't post about it, nothing's going to happen. But if you say yes, and then you take a photo of that thing and write about how you now offer that thing, sometimes the percentage probably varies depending on what it is. But let's say for me it's like 75% of the time it leads to the next sale and then the next sale and bit by bit by bit you build up a list of orders. So the final thing I would say is if you have orders from somebody that need finishing and you feel like you're worried about where your income is going to come from, 
finish that order, get it out the door so that you can take a picture of it and post about it and get a new order in for that thing. This was an embarrassing thing for me to learn, which is that at some point I realized that I was patting myself on the back for getting more and more orders without actually letting it push me to do, to finish more orders in a given period of time. And I realized that I was, I'm not sure what the analogy is, counting your eggs before they hatch. It's not a perfect analogy. I was essentially counting that money as money that I had earned without thinking to myself that it didn't necessarily help my financial situation if I spread that money out over the same period of time as I always had. That the only way I was going to make more money per unit of time and therefore be able to support my family and have the business grow was if I compressed that money into a smaller period of time and demanded more of myself. And that requires finishing orders. Come on, dogs! That requires finishing orders and getting them cycled through. So I'm a beast for finishing things in one go if I can, getting them photographed, and keeping the cycle going. Because photos of your unfinished work is not compelling to make somebody be interested in placing an order. You need to be posting photos both of your process, but also of your finished work. And I've experienced firsthand that if you have your work finish up in large batches, then it doesn't have the same effect on leading to orders than if you parse your, your finished work out over time so that each day you're showing some finished work. So partly my workflow uh, has to do with my own need to just complete things in one go, right? I carve spoons all the way through to finish in one go. And I figured out a process that allows me to do that. And I try to complete orders in one day. And, uh, and in general, I just try to sort of get things all the way through to finished rather than have a bunch of unfinished things stacking up. Partly that's for my own innate need to have that kind of completion. And partly it's because I found that orders flow best when I am trickling out the finished work in an, a natural way because that's how the finished work is finishing. And times when I have gotten a, a big glut of finished spoons, for example, I don't get the same benefit from that finished work when it all comes in a glut as I do when it trickles out. So I have learned to parse my workflow out across a week so that I'm showing finished work bit by bit by bit. Because you can't control how someone discovers and interacts with your work. But if you try to get it so that everything is lumped into one spot, it just doesn't work out as well. Those are my thoughts. Let me know what you think. Thanks for listening. Talk tomorrow.